0: Hello and welcome back to the Carson Daly Show, the crypto culture talk show nobody asked for. I'm your host, Carson Daly, and I will admit that I have lost a week of my life due to binge watching Succession. However, I've still managed to source some Web3 news and gossip throughout my 20 plus hours of weekly screen time. Let's discuss some Twitter happenings, an incident which some are referring to as the Milady 9-11, and artists publicly renouncing NFTs after making their millions. Here we go. Twitter has decided to embrace the meme culture and change its logo to a picture of the Dogecoin dog, aka Kaboso, a Shiba Inu. The company announced the change on April 4th in what seems to be a belated April Fool's Day prank, or maybe delayed at best because of the shortage of staff. They said that the change was inspired by the incredible community of Dogecoin fans who have been using the hashtag Dogecoin to the moon to promote the digital currency. Twitter also said that it would donate 10% of its profits to animal shelters and rescue organizations, which I guess kind of makes sense, since Cabosa was a rescue from a shelter following the shutdown of her puppy mill. But still, 10% of zero is um zero. The move has been met with mixed reactions from Twitter users. Some praised the company for its sense of humor and creativity, while others criticized it for being unprofessional and misleading. Some even speculated that the change was a sign of Twitter's financial troubles or a hack by Dogecoin supporters. However, Twitter assured its users that the change was temporary and that it would revert to its original logo soon. The company also said that it had no plans to accept Dogecoin as a form of payment for its services. More Twitter news, the Bird app has released the code that chooses which tweets show up on your timeline via GitHub, along with a blog post, which essentially tries to justify it in the name of transparency. Elon Musk said in making his decision that the algorithm was, quote, overly complex and not fully understood internally, and that making it open source would allow for more feedback and innovation. What he didn't say is that it's likely not understood internally because he's fired everyone. It's like saying my restaurant doesn't know any of the recipes anymore because I fired all the chefs. The recommendation algorithm explains the determining factors for deciding which tweets to feature in the For You timeline and how it ranks and filters them. And in case you're not big on reading code, let me give you the TLDR so you too can have top performing tweets favored by the capital A algorithm. Likes are important, then retweets, then replies. Each like on a tweet gets a 30x boost, each retweet gets a 20x boost, and each reply only gets a 1x boost. Images and videos help, both giving tweets a 2x boost, and you should stop using links. The algorithm weighs them negatively and even often marks them as spam. So if you're going to use links, put them in the replies as if they were a thread. Every time you get muted, blocked, unfollowed, or reported for spam or abuse, it's gonna hurt. And if you pay for blue, your reach is, of course, automatically extended. Misspelling or making up words will also bury your tweets. You should plan to niche down if you want more attention because Twitter has already clustered you, yes, you, into a group of similar profiles, and it uses those clusters as sort of like a focus group to show your tweets to. So if your posts don't resonate with that cluster and niche that you've already been put into, then congratulations, you played yourself. Hopefully that helps. It reminds me of a quote by an unknown British philosopher I don't know what weapons World War Three will be fought with, but World War IV will be fought with tweets and replies. OK, that's enough airtime for Twitter. Let's discuss this truly perplexing story, which is going to be extremely obscure and probably far too fucking nuanced for anyone who is not deeply consumed by NFTs and crypto culture to understand. But you should still hold on and hear me out because it is truly a wild ride. Well-known Bordeaux Yacht Club whistleblower Todd Fine was jailed after storming a Chicago Gucci store in the name of the First Amendment. The New York man allegedly entered a Gucci outlet in Chicago. Yes, not even a certified Gucci original retailer, but a fucking outlet store. And knocked purses and bags on the floor causing a reported $16,000 in damages. The motive for the offense was as a demonstration in response to Yuga Labs, the founders of, of Yacht Club, and their announcement in partnering with Gucci on an NFT collaboration. In order to really understand the nuances of this story, you basically have to understand months and months and months of background and context. We've got a lot of neo-Nazis, megalomaniacs, people with undiagnosed autism, and basically just way too much time and money on everybody's hands. Following the incident, Todd finds bail was set at fifteen hundred dollars by a judge who did not, of course, accept his First Amendment defense. A tweet from fellow Milady, a profile picture project community Todd is a part of at slumped one said, quote, OK, are we going to pay Todd's bail or what? which sent shockwaves through the Milady community as the funds were raised. I like can't even say this with a straight face. Um, the jokes fucking write themselves. Anyways, now Todd wishes to start a toll free hotline for inmates to receive help with bail. What a silver lining. Um, okay, this is one of those stories where I just hate everyone and everything individually, but I love when it all comes together. It's like fucking poetry and you have to wonder you have to wonder is there any other niche subculture within a niche subculture within a niche subculture you can find yourself in that would raise your fucking bail to get out of jail when you are jailed in the name of the thing the community collectively despises it's like a fucking west side story moment You know the saying, when art imitates life? I'm officially changing that to when life imitates memes. Also, how did just knocking over some Gucci bags on the floor cause $16,000 in damage? Like, what are they made out of glass? Like a Jeff Koons dog, also call back to episode 16, if you know, you know. For real, though, was the floor made of lava? What is happening in this Gucci store? If it's just a matter of knocking shit on the floor when you're in a store, then I have certainly evaded jail time because I'm like a goddamn tornado running through the shop. Poor Todd. He clearly didn't get saved by pretty privilege like I have time and time again. Anyways, that's all I have to say on Todd Fine. I really wish him well. Funny guy, funny, funny, funny guy. And trying to take down fascism is truly a thankless job. But luckily the Miladies got his back. Dot Pigeon struck a few nerves and sparked debate all across Twitter this week in a lengthy, and I mean a seriously lengthy, tweet announcing his quote, taking a break from NFTs. If you don't know, Dot Pigeon is an artist based in Milan, and according to his website, his works are completely digital with a non-digital approach. Although, according to the tweet, he is going to revert his focus to creating art expressed solely on campus, which is the medium he started his career with. Um, the TLDR of the tweet of the very, 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 very long tweet is that after two years in the NFT space, he's taking a break as a result of the pressure and volatility of market dynamics. OK, what can I say here? It's it's an interesting approach and it is a touchy subject. I don't disagree with Dot Pigeon at all. And I also don't blame him. Collectors can be absolutely ruthless, especially for someone like Dot Pigeon, whose reputation commands speculation as he's been ranked the 53rd top selling crypto artist of all time. But that's what Twitter does to you. You post and open yourself up to criticism, commentary and feedback. And that's exactly what he got. And that feedback was clearly, truly a very mixed bag. Some people praising him and his efforts, wishing him well and understanding the effect that the when mooners have on artists or when utility have on artists, while others called him a rock artist and accused him of making his money and then deciding to absolve himself from any responsibility to keep providing value to collectors. The best part of the replies, the quote tweets and the separate commentaries is that it truly shows people's true colors and if someone is outraged by your decision to do something for your own health and well-being then you're probably nothing but a cash cow or a crop to them and you should tread carefully as far as my personal opinion on the matter who cares who fucking cares you don't want to make nfts anymore don't make art when people ask point them to your shows your canvases. Focus on yourself. Stay in your lane. Not everything has to be a a fucking public declaration. You can't build yourself a stage and then wonder why you're having tomatoes thrown at you. As they say in Handmaid's Tale, go in grace. All right, that's all the news for the week. You can look any of these things up on Twitter if you want more tea. You probably can't look them up on regular Google because the just don't fucking matter outside of this podcast or this world. But anyways, there's just a few sides to the story. There's no real truth on Twitter, just the replies and the quote tweets with the ratios. So let's do NFA. The following advice is not financial advice, just my advice to stay tapped in, vigilant, and cool in Web3. Oh, my NFA this week is going to strike a few nerves for sure. Um, what do I want to say? My NFA is to stay checking the organizations who say that they're out to disrupt traditional business models, but are using those exact models to advance their own agendas. For example, NFT now. Arguably, the... Web3 News, an editorial media outlet, I'll give them that, is continuing their tradition of the now 100 list, the list honoring the most influential innovators in NFTs. The inaugural NOW 100 list went live last year, publicized as an annual celebration of the 100 most influential creators and community figures in the NFT space. The specified, unranked, category-specific showcase provides a comprehensive snapshot of the diverse talents pushing the space forward. According to NFT NOW, individuals on the NOW 100 list work to create value, not extract it and are ultimately the lifeblood of the NFT space. So let's unpack that. The Now 100 list included every investor and angel investor in the company, which makes you wonder, are they really creating value and acting as the lifeblood of the NFT space? Or have they created value and act as the lifeblood for your company? In case you had any hope left, for now, 2023, the company recently announced its return in a tweet, which casually revealed that the nominations are open dot 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 exclusively to now pass holders. Which means if you want to participate in nominating and naming the most influential creators and community members in the Web three and NFT space, you must have paid to be a part of their quote ecosystem. How exactly is that decentralized in any way? And how exactly is that democratized in any way? Much like the Forbes most influential lists are rumored to be very pay to play. It seems that NFT Now founders Matt Medved and Alejandro Navia might be abusing their soapbox scoldings of these trad media outlets and actually pulling their exact fucking playbooks And by the way, full disclosure, I used to be a die hard for NFT now. I've even benefited from their platform and their efforts. But the more I see them using that platform for their own personal gain, blatantly disregarding journalistic ethics and standards and manipulating the market via undisclosed paid partnerships and personal bag pumping efforts, the more disgusted with myself and the platform I get. So, yeah, this is definitely not financial advice but pay extra close attention to those who lament the disruption and deconstruction of traditional models, but build their business using the very blueprint of those companies. As William Shakespeare once said, the lady doth protest too much. Okay, that's all the emotional capacity I have for the week. Thank you so much for listening to my show. I'm Carson Daly. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Carson Daly or follow the show's dedicated Instagram channel at Carson Daly Show. Please rate this show five stars or four like somebody obviously did because my rating has gone down. Uh, Share it with a friend, send it to your grandma. I don't care. Just, you know, keep listening, get the word out. I love doing this. I'm having so much fun. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can't go a week in crypto without me. See you next Tuesday. Bye. The Carson Daily Show is a Decentral Media production written by me and my better comedic calf, James Carr, with music by Woody.